Please. So in the aftermath of um, his his passing, um, I mean, first off, you know, if you look back on, on his career, is there anything uh, you think in the vaults somewhere that's like some quality stuff that maybe Rick left behind? Yeah, there were some songs that I remember that I thought he should have released, but I I don't know where the vaults are, <laughs> you know, to know. Uh, uh, I know that... Um, at some point, when Rick closed his studio down, uh, there were uh, master tapes that people, that they had put on the street. And that, because uh, I had gotten calls later about that, and I, I had asked for them to, you know, to, to deliver, but I never got them. Um, so I don't know, I don't even know what happened. I know that the, uh, the house was um, taken in a tax foreclosure. And uh, um, maybe the people who foreclosed took the uh, uh, took the masters didn't know what they had and got rid of them. So it, it was nice when they put out that deluxe uh, street songs on CD. They coupled it with the Long Beach Arena live uh, show, so people were able yeah. to get a taste of you know Rick live mm -hmm. at his peak, which was very very nice. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think Rick would have liked to have been remembered? Well, I think Rick would have liked to have been remembered um, from 78 to 84, uh, his heyday. Um, and then even taking it back to uh, his life in Toronto and that. Um, uh, just as an outrageous entertainer who um, had a vision and um, had a sound that was unique, had a voice that was unique, um, and uh, he cared about a lot of things, particularly uh, about uh, um, how people were treated in the music business. And uh, uh, I don't think he would have he, he wouldn't have uh, wanted a whole lot out there about the use of drugs because drugs was a sickness. It wasn't something anything other than a sickness and you can talk about it all you want but uh it's still still a sickness not um, you should be remembered by the music they there's no preface when you go to a club and they start playing rick's music when they play it on the air oh rick used drugs there's no preface to that mm -hmm. and there's no preface to um, um what's going on now with rappers and that that rick had a real important uh, part in uh, in terms of getting um, their music out through what he did with MTV. Uh, the whole industry should take a step back and look at that 
and look at what the impact of MTV was and, and what Rick did. And no other actor other than David Bowie would even stand up. None of the other acts. Not Prince, not Michael Jackson, not Stevie Wonder, not any of them. Not any of them would stand up to the record companies and to MDTV and say, what you're doing is wrong. And we knew, because we talked about it, that that was going to affect his career. And that hurt him badly. Because he knew that it was going to hurt him uh, in the industry by taking that stand. So... Do you think he should be in the in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I mean, it, uh, it's not relevant unless Rick is in it. You know, you can you can have your little Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he's done more as much with that one thing. Not to say that we were on the charts for fifty-two weeks, and you got people in there who all they did was play keyboard or or guitar on something. You know. Uh, sold more records than most of those people in there. But, yeah. you know, I think ultimately he will be, but um, in my view, it's it's not relevant until somebody like Rick is in there. You can, you can say whatever you want. Well, he's he's one of, of uh, several glaring omissions, and most of them on the R&B funk side. Um, well, let, well, let me say this. A few years back, um, I worked on getting Rick into the uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and we were just about there, and I pulled back. And I pulled back because I did not want to deal with Rick's estate. Let them, if they think they're going to walk up there and take some glory for Rick or whatever, let them go up there. Let them do the work that I did, and they haven't done anything. And that's probably about 10 years ago. Mm. I mean, I think I was about an inch away from getting him into that. Uh, I met with all of the people from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They came to my house in Buffalo, and uh, we talked about it, and uh, they gave me everything I needed to do. I did most of it, got in touch with a lot of people, got the necessary votes, and then um, I think one of them mentioned, uh, let's, uh, let's get the estate involved. I said, I will not deal with the estate. Let them, let them do it. And they haven't done a thing. Because they're just concerned about uh, they just concerned about making the money. The royalties on the yeah. records? I mean, Rick's career should be enhanced by a lot of different things, but I'm not going to even say anything because, you know, I'm not giving him any free advice. Yeah. Uh, well, I think there should be a comprehensive box set. Uh, there's a lot of things that should be yeah. out there that they, they're not doing yeah. uh, because I don't think they have a clue. But, you know, that's them. That's, uh, you know, they're doing what they do, you know. When you... Talk about his legacy also, uh, Leroy. What do you think of like the books that have come out and um, uh, things like Tales from the Tour Bus? And have these things been fair depictions uh, for no. the most part? I think most of them are just garbage. They are self-aggrandizing garbage. Um, the stories, they're not fact-based. A lot of them, I, I could just tear them apart. You know, I, I just did real TV, and, and uh, if I had known that they were going to have one of the band members say what he said, I would have not have been on that program. I mean, the nerve of Levi talk about my mother and father on that program like he knows something about them. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that kind of stuff. 
you know, my mother beat my father beat my mother. My mother did, would not stand for it. I don't care who said that happened. It did not happen. And you have no right to go on as a third party and say any of that. You have no right to go on there because especially your house is not clean. So, you know, I've had a lot of fights with the band about some of the stuff that they said on that Tales for the Tour bus. I, in fact, I cut them all off on my Facebook because of some of the things that they said. And I told them, I said, you know, you should at least say something that's factual. And uh, if you take Rick's name out of your life, you really don't have much of a life. So why are you downing him? The only reason they would be doing that is to self-aggrandize, to make themselves more important than they really are, you know. You got those guys out there who, you know, before Rick, they did nothing. After Rick, they haven't done anything. And, you know, they were great on the road, no doubt. They were one of the best bands out there. But some of the things that they said, I had no respect for them for. And those programs that they've been on, you know, the, the unsung and the rest of it, I think it's all garbage. Yeah. So how do you feel about them uh, touring and kind of carrying, are they carrying on the legacy or are they, are they riding on the coattails? I think they're riding on the coattails, to be honest with you. I mean, those guys didn't do anything for 15 years before Rick died and 10 years after he died. Um, you know, uh, Rick's legacy, nobody knows about those guys. They play in some, some unheard of venues and that and some shows that, I mean, God bless them for working. God bless them for working. But, you know, they're not uh, the same band without Rick, you know. Well, I thought it was always interesting, too. They did three albums, and, and none of them really hit. Well, I mean, if Rick was a, Rick did the writing for them, they probably would have. But, uh, I mean, that would that's another stretch for you because, I mean, that's where Rick stretched himself out with all of those different acts. Uh, too much writing. Um, you know, it takes a lot to be a, a writer. You don't just because you're playing for Rick, that don't mean that you're a writer. Doesn't mean a thing. I mean, it's almost like sports, like basketball. You got you got uh, 30,000 basketball players coming out of college every year and, and only 30 of them make it. The same thing in music. You know, it, it's uh, difficult to, to be a writer, to write a hit, and then to write more than one hit. So Rick let them, one of the things with the Stone City is that he let them write their own material. So whether they made it or not, that's, that was all on, on them. They're satisfied with what they did, so that's fine. With Motown, uh, uh, they want hits. So the last album, Motown really uh, wanted Rick to invest his money, his royalties, if he wanted them to keep get to get another album, and the answer was no. You know, I mean, you know, they they've had three albums. And, you know, they're on my backup band, and I've done what I could do for them. Three strikes and you're out. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, Tina was able to make it because Tina wrote Tina wrote her own material for the most part. You know, and. Uh, uh, you know, so really, Rick, all Rick did was give her a platform to, to jump off of, and she jumped off of it and did a swan dive, kept going, you know. Uh, so she, he didn't really have to spend much time, but the, the others, they all were all dependent on Rick. 
they were all dependent on Rick to, to make it, you know. And it was just really, in the end, it was just too much. It was, um, uh, Rick should have been just focusing on Rick. You know, he had a lot of dreams. It's good to have those dreams. But uh, at the same time, they take a lot of your energy. And uh, I think uh, he was a little depressed because of the, what happened when they left. And, uh, um, you know, it's... Um, all 40 years ago yeah well the stone city band um really i think their strongest material was the stuff that rick was most involved with you know oh yeah oh yeah i mean yeah. as i said you know you um it's like only one prince one stevie so michael michael didn't even write his own stuff what, what did michael jackson write did he's he... got some songwriting credits but mostly it was other people yeah, sure. yeah. I mean, it's, it just shows you how hard it is. Uh, if, if all you can do is play, play. Play on everybody's stuff. Well, unless you're a very unusual uh, virtuoso playing, it really usually comes down to the songs and the compositions, like you said. That's what endures and, and tends to be timeless. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what Rick yeah. had. Um, I wish I with um See, you know, a, a lot of these programs, um, they want to do their own Rick. They want to do their own narrative. Uh, not one of them came to me and asked me what the narrative should be. I mean, you would think that the person who was closest to him, who knows all the dots from beginning to end, you at least ask something, you know. But no, I mean, they create a narrative. And then the ones who've gotten into their narrative and have talked to me, it's like, why would I want to get involved in a narrative that you've created on my brother? I mean, that's my question. Why would I want to get involved in that and get caught up with, you know, these other people in there making these statements and here and there and the other? And it seems as though I'm giving them credibility by being on the same program. Right, they're already coming from the from the wrong angle. Right, you know. So I I um I try to stay away from most of that, you know. And uh, um, you know, it's interesting. A producer comes to me. They tell me I'm I'm writing this, that, and the other. I said, Oh yeah, you are no more than I know about about me or my brother. Uh, I don't think so, and I don't think that you will do it service. And some of them say, well, you know, there's a lot on the, on the net. I said, a lot of that is garbage. I mean, let's start with some of the, the, uh, the, the Wikipedia that out, that's out there. And the first line is that Melvin Franklin is our uncle. You know, uh, that's ridiculous. You know, if I read something like that, if the first line is wrong, you know, why should I continue reading this, this foolishness? You know, and, and that's what it is. You start out with the first line of, of, of some of these programs and you know it's it's a, a false narrative that's got to be, so gotta be oh, aggravating. It's terrible. That's, why, that's why i'm glad i'm talking to you so i can give you what i think about things i mean it's not all you know it's me sometimes i'm griping a little bit about these things but um you know i think i have a right to uh, to gripe when people come on and and put this bs out there you know that tells of the tour bus is totally garbage. I watched one segment of it, and, and some of the stuff that was said on there, I mean, why would you even say something? 
like that. And, and why would a producer put some of that stuff out there? Is anything fact-based? Who's going to fact-check it? They figure it's the gospel if it's coming from those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. They figure the Stone City, Stone City band played on. They they played for Rick, and they played for him as long as they played for. Some of them maybe played four years, and there are others who had played for a little longer, but then there are other people who are not even Stone City band who played longer, and Rick was composed of more than just the band. Rick James was a business. Rick James was a business with over 70 people working for him, and that's not including our lawyers, accountants, our agents, and some of our office people. It's not including those. So Rick was a business. Why don't you look at it as a business? You know, they didn't go with him to any of these TV, um, these um, these TV interview shows that uh, we did, anything like that, unless they were playing, unless uh, Rick played. You know, they didn't do Nightline or anything like that. They didn't go to U.S. Open or anything like that. Well, you know, they well, I'm just, I'm so glad you're here to set it straight, Leroy. I mean, this, this is truth and rhythm, and that's what we strive for. And I think, you know, anybody who was really into Rick James' music, especially from the get-go, is not so interested in the sensationalist aspect of it, you know, and wants... The truth and wants to stay uh, more about the music than about a lot of that other stuff. Well, I mean that's the way it is. If you want, if you want to hear the truth, then ask them. You know, I always ask, "Were you there, or are you just repeating something that you heard from somewhere?" You know, for the most part, most of them are just repeating something that they heard from somewhere. So they don't know if it's true or fact, and then they don't know the substance of it because there's there's always some substance behind some of the things that. Uh, that are said, you know, like Rick was a very sensitive person, great business person, great musician, you know, he had his faults, you know, but at the same time, he did a lot that nobody talks about, you know, um, did more than write some hits. Well, how do you feel about uh, the parodies like Dave Chappelle and that kind of stuff? Well, entertaining. Rick and I laughed about it. We laughed about uh, uh about that, you know, and uh, I remember telling him I, uh, that, um, you know, I think they paid you better than you. He said, yeah, but, um, uh, and, then, and that's Charlie Murphy stuff was funny. He said, you think I let that Charlie Murphy kick me into a wall, you know? <laughs> I said, well, most of it was true, except for the, the fact that he kicked, uh, he said he kicked you into the wall. He says, yeah, we got into it. But that, you know, Charlie and Rick were close and Eddie was close. That was, um, Rick enjoyed that. It was, you know, because it was funny. It was funny. He can, you know, he, you know, can make light of him, and he, you know, he can enjoy that too. Well, you know? he must have had a good sense of humor if he was so close with the Murphy brothers, you know. So. Yeah. Well, I thought I always thought in, uh, on, on air, on the, in the movies, and that Charlie. I mean, Eddie was was I guess tremendously funny on stage, and that in person, not that funny. In person, Charlie, very funny. You know, and he was getting there also in the, in the movies and that, you know. I mean, I liked Charlie's uh, serious funniness, you know. I mean, because he could, he could put, um, he could make some real stuff real funny. Like that, that this whole experience with Rick, that uh, 
most of it all happened. The only thing Rick said that didn't happen is he didn't get kicked into the wall. <laughs> so, I mean, that was... Uh, was, was there anyone that you recall that Rick really had hoped or wanted to work with and, and didn't get a chance? Well, uh, I forget the guy's name, but um, um, the leader of the Buffalo Philharmonic, Rick, really wanted to do that. And uh, we were all prepared to, uh, uh, the Philharmonic was going to do an album of Rick's music. I know he really wanted to do that, but uh, he just never got around to it. He said had a lot of meetings about it, and um, it just it didn't happen. I think that that would have been something very interesting. It would have also given a different perspective on on Rick and his music, how symphonic the music was, you know, because it was very much adaptable to uh, um, to the philharmonic uh, mode. That would be very interesting. So, uh, as we wrap this up, um, I, I, you know, mentioned at the outset that um, you know you have a lot of paintings and art that you've done. Uh, could you just talk about that a little bit, so viewers and listeners are aware of it and can maybe go take a look at some of that? Well, um, I have a website. It's called Leroy Art L E R O I Art A R T dot com. Um, I've got a lot of different art from different different periods. Uh, I've been painting for quite a while, since probably I've been five or six years old, drawing and, and painting, and I've been showing uh, all over the world for the last 20 years. Uh, I just got back from two world tours. Uh, from I toured um, Europe, Asia, and Africa, um, as far away as Singapore, Korea, and... Um, London, Florence. Uh, I just did um, uh, some work in in Egypt. Um, so, uh, but I like to put on one of my hats while we're here because I see you got the baseball hat on. But uh, I put on maybe one or two of my hats just to. They'll be out. New Era's New Era's is uh, doing some production for me. One moment. Sure. Okay, here we go. This is my baseball hat. Wow. And this is this is actually a painting that I did that had Rick in it. But this this has um, I do this thing called uh, colored people, and not because of colored people back in the fifties and that, but uh, people are colored because everybody is made of many different colors. So uh, that's the whole idea. This is this will be available soon. Made by New Era. It's beautiful. It's the baseball hat, and this is the cap, my candy cap. And these are all paintings that I've done that have been adaptable to. to That's styling. <laughs> yeah, it actually goes with what I have on. I was going to wear this, but I said, let me show you my gray hair. You know, it's getting like a lot of uh, reflection off the light. Could you just hold it maybe a little closer to the camera so we can see the design better? And it's, it's still, I mean, it's a very, can you see it? Yeah. So you had no formal training; it just came from. Within. No, I, I um, no, I just been painting for a long time, going to a lot of galleries, a lot of museums. Um, um, I had a little bit of training in high school, my freshman year at a. I had commercial art and industrial design, 
that's as good as I got, close as I got to any training. Um, most, most, for the most part, I'm self-taught. This seems like more of that uh, sort of like you mentioned earlier, the Georgetown on one side and the, I think yeah. you said the hood on the other, you know, because you have the, the law and you've got the, the art and the, 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 the uh, music. The pragmatic and the artistic yeah. and right. How's yeah. all that coexist within that head of yours? Yeah, well, I, I feel as though people are made of composed of more than just one thing. And um, uh, you can do as many things as you want to and you can do them all well. Or you can be sloppy and do none well. But um, uh, like you just don't have to be focused on one thing, especially if you're doing something like the law. You need to, to, uh, to do other things to... Uh, um, to really expand your your, your mind, uh, your thinking, uh, uh, and art helps me with that, uh, with conceptualizing some of the things that I have to do and taking that conceptualization over into the law or vice versa. Well, the Buffalo Bills had a pretty good season uh, this past season. They made it to the playoffs again. Are there any um, – the musical scene in Buffalo now, is it uh, – uh, flourishing, do you think? Uh, might we see another accomplished person like a Rick James come out of that area? Well, you're getting some people in the rap field who are doing some interesting things. Um, I hear more about them. Buffalo has a, a lot of fine, great musicians here. Um, but they don't have the outlets like they used to have. There's only a, a few places where they play. But I, I'm hearing about a lot of studio work being done by a lot of guys who are doing um, uh, rap and hip-hop music. I hear a lot about them. They're, they they are keeping the studios full. And a, a few boys just signed with um, uh, Jay-Z and some of the others signed with, um, uh, I think, Dre. So they got some kids who, who are doing some things. And I saw a movie recently of, um, of uh, some Buffalo hip-hop uh, rappers um, and uh, it seems, seemed to be a pretty decent movie. I mean, they're, they're extending themselves and doing some things. So it might not be that uh, the era of Rick James and uh, Joe Public and, and all of that. That may be something that, that may be history, which it is. Uh, um, but now it's, uh, it's a new day with, uh, with the young rappers. Well, I figure, you know, they've talked about Minneapolis, like it's so cold there that, you know, you stay inside and, helps maybe create more music. So Buffalo, I think, a little bit similar in terms of the, the climate yeah, and environment, is. you know? It is, it is. But I, I think it's just, um, it's a vibe that a city might have that, um, um, uh, you know, guys like Stevie B and a few guys from Buffalo have gone on to be successful. Uh, they got a whole crew that's coming up behind them. Uh, we don't have so many, ex uh, most of our guys are musicians here. Uh, they play in all the bands, they play jazz, they play all different kinds of things. But uh, um, rap is what's happening now. It's, it's happening worldwide, and these guys are on it. So hopefully you'll see somebody big come out of here uh, in that video. We'll look for that. Um, unless there's anything else that we haven't covered that you want to add, that you want to get out there, get off your chest, uh, we can wrap this up. No, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. It's... Um, I tend to try to just answer your questions and save the save the rest. Uh, but um, I plan on doing some things, uh, um, my own things, with the 
brick story. Uh, I'm just taking my time about it uh, because every every day was um, every day could probably be a movie. You know, I mean that's that's how exciting it was back then. But um, uh, don't always believe what you read and don't always believe what you you see out here. Um, that's my my little word for the day. So, but you do think that at some point um, you might get a book out there? Yeah, I think so. I um, I work with one of the guys, uh, Peter Benjaminson. He um, his book is probably one of the best books because you know I I, I directed them to people that I thought were um, um, who knew about Rick and, and uh, in Toronto early life and and um, uh, later years and the rest. Uh, so, I mean, that's more fact-filled because Peter was a bit, uh, an investigative writer. Uh, so I think that that book uh, has more depth than the others because it has the people who actually were involved with them talking about them, talking about what they knew from their knowledge during certain periods and that. Um, the others, I, I mean, some of these other people, I don't even know who they were. You know, I don't know, you know, uh, I listen to these stories and as you said, Towards the tail bus, I think I watched one part of it, and, and that was it. I didn't want to watch anymore, you know. Uh, and then, uh, the, the part of the tragedy of that, Leroy, too, is that you know it sounds like the the factual stories are at least as entertaining as the fiction that's going out there. So why not tell it right? When you do get the book out, um, have you back on and um, talk some more about that'll be that. good. Yeah, I enjoy talking to you. It's um, I don't I don't um uh, I don't many times get a chance to really express. Um, I don't do a lot of talking about Rick on programs. It's a, it was nice talking to you. Well, appreciate it so much you taking the time out and for sharing the stories with us. Thank you. Take good care. Hope you have a great 2020, and I look forward to that book. All right. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 Hey, back at Truth and Rhythm headquarters. Thank you for joining us on another magical ride with Truth and Rhythm. Whether you're watching or listening, as always, thank you so much for your continued interest and support. Be sure to subscribe. Go to YouTube. Go to the Funkin' Stuff channel. That's where Truth and Rhythm lives and breathes and thrives. Also, goodies here like TIR Quick Takes. And if you subscribe, you know what? You get the show before anyone else. It's free. If you love jazz, funk, R&B, soul, you can't miss it. Pass it along. Tell a friend. Tell family. This audience is growing, and it is a beautiful thing, all coming together for the love of this great music. Also, if you can throw us a buck or two, we could use the support financially, keeping the lights on, keeping the servers going, all these expenses. If you can help support the program, whatever you can give, much appreciated. Go to the funkinstuff.net website. And on the right-hand side of every page, you just click and you can donate through PayPal, credit card, whatever. Very easy to do and so much appreciated. And if you do a sizable donation, I will mention you on the program. Also, drop me a line. Email me at scottg at funkinstuff.net. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show, what you enjoy about the music. Let's just kibitz and uh, talk about stuff, you know, talk music. You'll find that I respond very quickly, and I much enjoy the uh, rapport and the camaraderie and the interaction. Always remember, this is 
your show, The True Music Lover. So for now, that's all the time we have for this one. It's a wrap. As always, Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on vibrating to the rhythm of the one. Hit me, y'all! Y'all better take some insurance out on your booty tonight. Because we are not responsible. Ain't it fucking that?